0: According to the last business payments barometer, 56% of companies confirmed they'd invested in bank account validation and verification platforms, and just over half had implemented multi-factor authentication, or MFA, if you like. But the big question is, what about those that haven't, and are they more susceptible to payment fraud? Hello, I'm Jacqueline Powell, host of today's podcast, and I'm chatting with Mark Bish, one of Bottomline's product leads about why bank account verification and validation measures are critical to the payments process, regardless of whether it's funds you're collecting or paying out. Hi, Mark. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you for inviting me. It's
0: great to have you with us. So, Mark, kicking off, let's start with the fraud angle and work backwards. Um, How bad is payment fraud really? Uh, Is it getting worse? And should we be concerned uh, as growing businesses?
1: Uh, I think the easy answer to that is yes, it it definitely is getting worse. Uh, Everything we see shows that this is a a growing issue. Um, Over the last couple of years, we've seen individuals and organisations rapidly pushed into the online world. So, you know, we've been in lockdown uh, and that's given fraudsters a huge opportunity um it's really hard to give a measure on uh, direct debit direct credit fraud losses um outside the increased number of reported incidents that appear on the internet there's not a huge amount of um, official information uh, made available it's quite a sensitive topic and it's not something that people share in in general um but if we used um Uh, authorised push payment or or APP fraud as it's often known uh, as a sort of proxy. uh, We can see that the impact of financial fraud on the UK economy is is significant and it's growing. Um, The last full year stats for um, APP uh, from UK finance reported losses of £479 million in 2020. Um, so far, we've only seen figures for the first half of 2021, but that fraud had already grown by 71% at that point. It was already £355 billion, and that was already um, bigger than credit card fraud for the first time, which which is a real big um, challenge, I think, for the UK. Um, I think the chances are that um, any organisation not implementing fraud measures, um, you know, so not validating and verifying bank account ownership, they're under attack, irrespective of what channel they're working in.
0: With numbers like that, I couldn't um, agree more, I must say. Um, So I know from the payments barometer research we conduct um, annually that payment fraud in businesses does keep rising year on year. So Mark, you talk about bank account validation and verification as a prevention measure, but many people might think that they are actually one and the same thing. That's not the case though, is it?
1: Uh, no. Um, so uh, validation is a great tool for ensuring that account details haven't been miskeyed uh, and preventing payment failures due to sort of key mistakes. Uh, and, and without that uh, process, without validating, uh, error rates are typically around 4%. So that's not an insubstantial problem and also not an insubstantial cost to repair. Um, but it is just an algorithmic check uh, on the sort code and the bank account number that confirms that the bank account is valid uh, for that particular bank. Uh, verification is very different. Uh, it's a much more powerful tool uh, and gives you the ability to verify the connection between the account details that have been provided and the person or, or organisation um, that you're dealing with. So does this account belong to that particular person? You know, Does the account exist and is it open? Uh, and, and that kind of insight is key to mitigating fraud risks to your businesses. Um, fraudsters are relying on the fact that you're not finding inconsistencies in the information that they've provided. So, you know, having that extra check is, is, is a really powerful um, element to that process. Um, and if you look at it from a direct debit, direct credit perspective, they're an essential component of the payments landscape. They help companies to improve their cash flow, enable better credit visibility, drive down bad debt, so verify the account number uh, owner has a significant impact on mitigating the risk to businesses of of fraud through both those channels.
0: So ensuring um, those funds are collected or made to the right bank accounts is pretty critical. Uh, That much is obvious. But do you think that you could just do either rather than doing both? So is it worth the risk of not investing in a validation and verification platform?
1: I personally don't think that's a risk anyone should consider. Um, There's two things to address here, I think. Um, Firstly, if you're a business processing paperless direct debits, then the verification of an account holder, that's not an optional activity. Uh, And if you aren't doing that, you aren't compliant with back scheme rules, and you need to resolve that straight away. Um, Anyone using Audis, um, whilst it's not mandated, it is strongly recommended by BACs to implement the same process. So I would say the same to anybody doing Audis transactions too. It is something that you need to resolve pretty well straight away. Um, If we put that to one side, um, I guess, yes, you could not validate bank account numbers, but then you won't prevent the inadvertent mistakes. And you'll have to bear the remediation costs for repair for that 4% that I mentioned earlier on that are miskeyed um, and, and the impact that has on your cash flow. Um, you could not verify account holders, uh, but if you think about the online account opening process uh, and the minimal data that we all expect to provide, you know, name, address, date of birth, telephone, email address, bank account. The first three are really easy to find. Um, You can get a pay-as-you-go SIM card for pennies. You can get an email address within seconds. The one element that's really problematic from a fraudster's perspective is the bank account. Uh, And if you look at the way people are impacted and businesses are impacted, if we look at the APP side of things, where the banks are at both ends of that transaction, only 25% of uh, losses are recovered. If you look at it from a direct debit and direct credit point of view, that, that number's closer to zero. So the, I, I, it doesn't bear thinking about t- to take that risk.
0: Mark, I'd like to just spend a little bit of time uh, looking at direct debits in more detail. Um, could you share with us why businesses should verify and validate a customer when signing up for DDs? What are the consequences of not doing anything?
1: i guess from a validation perspective the point is to catch the error at source um so in direct debits there's a heavy reliance on supplying the bank account details or if it's through a call center manually capturing the data correctly uh and, and mitigating that uh, internal time efforts to resolve and correct records represent a collection uh and, and the, the the you know the loss in, in terms of cash flow until that problem's resolved um, from a verification perspective, uh, it's to ensure the account details are legitimate. Um, we quite often focus on direct debit fraud because that's the symptom that we can see, but it's a symptom of, of an underlying problem. Um, you know, we always focus on the, the, the promise to pay element of it, the direct debit bit. But the reality is the fraudsters after goods, services, money, uh, the, the direct debit is, is incidental. Uh, and it's something that they have to provide because it's a necessary part of the process to achieve their objective. Um, If you consider it from a reputational point of view as well, There's a lot of noise um, within the internet around um, problems with direct debit transactions. Again, people are focusing on the fact that money's been collected from their accounts, but it is a reputational damage um, for organizations. Uh, And you also have to consider the impact of that on the individual, and I guess times are quite hard at the moment on businesses uh, around the fact that if you have collected money from someone's accounts, and it wasn't the correct person. Um, they might be subject to bank charges. You might have put them into overdraft. It could affect their business. Uh, and whilst you might give that money back through the direct debit guarantee, the, the, the consequences are much bigger from their perspective. Uh, and, and looking in general, direct debit, direct credit fraud, the, the noise around fraud is getting louder. Um, you know, Last year, um, banks, um made a stronger recommendation around Audi's um, activity and, and, and checking and verifying the account holder. That's driven by the potential damage to the reputation of the schemes uh, and making sure that the genuine individual has authorised a payment or collection. And the other challenge that we have is once the fraudster has found an account to use, particularly from a direct debit perspective, they will keep exploiting that account. You will see numerous Um, reports on the internet around uh, an individual who has had dozens and dozens of direct debits set up against their accounts because the fraud has identified that it works and they just keep on using it over and over again.
0: Mark, thank you. It certainly sounds far more damaging to not do anything than it does to take the necessary and sensible precautions. Um, On that note, I'd like to move on to what you would recommend companies should do to make sure that their payments are properly screened.
1: So we have to remember that fraudsters are, are smart. Um, companies have to make sure they do everything that they can to prevent criminals accessing uh, funds, um, whether that's through uh, payments made to compromised accounts or collecting from accounts that they've compromised from a direct debit perspective. Um, when you're onboarding customers or even suppliers or, or paying staff. So let's bear in mind as well that um, uh, individuals uh, can be compromised and have their their wages paid to someone else um it's really important that we verify the um individuals or businesses bank accounts and it's a really simple process electronically online services um confirm that the account holder is is correct are they linked to that account is it the same name address um not relying on paper-based processes I think it's very tempting to move towards that because it's really easy to get people to to provide paper. But just remember that it's really easy to forge paper-based documents. It's very, very few people nowadays um, actually have things sent through to them in the post. They're generally things that they print off from an online process. So that electronic process, I think to me, is really important. Uh, and also tying that back to the individual. So, you know, it's not just a standalone cheque of identity. It's not a standalone cheque of the bank account ownership. It's the combination of cheques on all of the attributes that's really important. Um, you know, we, we can't stop payment fraud, but we can make it really, really difficult. Uh, and it's relatively straightforward to do it by having the right processes in place.
0: Without doubt, Mark. I think the more we can do collectively to monitor potential payment fraud earlier on in the process, the more chance we have of catching it in flight. Now, um, in a bid to drive down APP fraud, UK Finance um, introduced confirmation of payee or COP, if you like. Um, could you give us a bit more information on this initiative?
1: Confirmation of payee is a, is a fantastic uh, initiative. Um, It's a service that allows um, banks to verify the account owner um, of uh, an account at another bank um, when one of their customers is setting up a payment. So you'll quite often have seen it yourself. Um, If you go into your online banking page, you want to pay one of your friends or pay a bill, it asks you to put the name in and it will check that name matches the the name that's held um, by the account holder. Um, at the bank that you're paying towards Um, it's been really crucial uh, I think in um, mitigating fraud within authorised push payments so those are those payments that you make faster payments chaps payments bank to bank Um, if you think about how much that value of that fraud has grown how bad that would be without that process in place so about 95% of uk accounts are covered um by this service um it's really crucial um from app perspective in that those payments are, are, are instant you know it's, it's in near real time you know 15 seconds and the money's gone um and it also means that um People can be more comfortable when they're making a payment that they are paying a genuine individual and is that person or the genuine businesses and is that that, that business that they're paying. Uh, and you can identify where things are wrong right at the point where you're trying to make that payment. You know, go and speak to the person you're trying to pay, the name's not matched, etc., cetera. And, and that maybe puts a little bit of doubt in your mind and maybe drags you away from potentially being compromised um, by a fraudster. It's also a really simple service, you know, name, account number, ping information comes back and tells you um, whether that information uh, matches the data that's held. And it's a a pretty good customer experience, I think, having used it myself. Um, What we need to see is that growing and moving outside of APP. So at at the moment, it's it's within that bank to bank um, side of things. But I do think it could have a massive impact outside of the banks too. Um, by providing people, you know, a, a greater and stronger service, um, you know, for things like direct debit and direct credit in the longer term.
0: So, Mark, I expect that many businesses um, are asking the question, but isn't this the role of the banks? Isn't this their problem rather than mine? What would your response be to that?
1: I think yes. I, I, I don't necessarily entirely disagree with that position. Um, I think the challenge that you have though is that the crime has already been committed if you're looking at it from a fraud perspective. So um, if you uh, set up a direct debit and the the bank identifies that that's not the account holder, you've already given away the goods, the services, uh, the money. Or whatever to that to that individual. So it needs to be done at the front end at the point where the person is onboarded, so it's it's just a little bit too late in the process. You'd essentially just be reporting the fraud earlier um then perhaps you would identify it a little bit later down the road.
0: Thank you, Mark. I think it's safe to say that it's no longer enough just to assume and trust that the payer details are correct and legitimate. Um, clearly, there is a reason why more and more businesses are looking to invest in platforms that can help them be more efficient and certainly safer. Um, and before I close out, uh, are there any key takeaways that you'd like to share with our listeners today?
1: I think the f- the first one from my perspective is um, don't wait for the next best thing. Um, th- there are solutions on the market now. Uh, so you can fix the majority of that problem today. Um, look at the processes that you have in place. You know, are you identifying fraud in the right way? So look at the the the, the people, processes, the technology that you have, uh, and the way that you're using those to make sure you stay ahead of the, the potential frauds. Um, trust any service that you onboard to evolve as information becomes available all services are using as much information as is available today that will change over time those services will change over time so you know you are part of a process that will evolve uh, along with the capabilities that made um, available to them Um, also if you haven't already then uh, you can listen to the recording Um, The other webinar I did uh, two or three weeks ago, The Mod Is Not Enough, uh, and that's available on the resource page um, on the Bottom Lines website.
0: Those are great tips, Mark. Um, Thank you so much. Uh, All that's left for me is to thank you for joining us today and for your insight. Thank you. So that brings this episode to a close. Uh, Should you be looking for more information about securing your business payments, then please get in touch with our team or you can visit the Bottom Line website, www.bottomline.com. But for now, it's goodbye. Until next time. Thanks for joining us. Payments podcast from Bottom Line Technologies.